Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne, church growth expert. At Redeemer Fellowship. No, just, I've, I've gone freelance. Oh, you're freelance I'm a now? consultant now. You're independent yeah. contractor? Independent contractor you're at 1099? 10.99. That's all. I, now I just collect the checks. Well, what about the 11.99? Yeah. I do the 12.99, 11.99, 8.99. I do it all. I've never heard of those. Yeah, but. 19.99. Yeah. <laughs> you Prince It Up, or formerly yeah. known as Prince It Up. <laughs> and I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Yeah, we're a couple pastors at Redeemer Fellowship, a church about, I don't know, 30, 40 miles west of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Charles, it's a church we love. We love being here. And you know what? It's been, uh, we've gotten, we've been getting some good news lately. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you labor, I mean, we, we share, we share uh, some of the things that, that we're going through, at least, uh, you know, big picture stuff. And it's been a, it's been a hard season, you know, of just, you know, serving and watch, seeing people go through tremendous pain, whether it's death or, or uh, a moral failure or whatever, yeah. we're, we're, you know, helping people through that stuff. And it's just been a lot. And it's been pretty awesome to have, uh, to see God at work because we know he's at work, but when you can see him at work. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, it feels good. And uh, so, yeah, man, we've been getting some good news and seeing God do things that are, I don't want to say surprising because like we've been praying for him to go to work. Yeah, yeah, but it So is, it's almost like that, yeah, why but pray? It, but it's it's surprising because we half believe sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> what we're praying for. So Our fable prayers. Our, I'm sorry. Uh, feeble prayers. Yeah, there it is. There it but is. they're also fable they're because fabled. Mm-hmm. they are fabled as well. Yeah, that's right. From time to time. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty, you know, historic. So you're getting ready to head off to the fights. Yep. I leave uh, Friday morning. I just got, I got my tickets. I leave Friday morning. So what? Tomorrow's Trump Day. So you're going to shoot off. Orange fireworks, and then <laughs> yeah, I got a big, uh, I got a big uh, uh, baby Trump balloon. We oh, got the balloon, yeah, I got the balloon. I'm gonna oh. have that in my back. No, I'm gonna sit there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm smoking a brisket, I'm doing brisket ribs. Hey, I'm smoking a, a cigar. Yeah, yeah and I'll be doing that as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got uh, Mark. Remember Mark from uh, from England? Why are you hanging out with that guy? Huh? Why are you hanging out with that guy? Because uh, he's an employee yeah. from. My UK brand. Exactly. Listen, and he's here on his own without his family. Fourth of July, Independence Day. Yeah, and yeah, that's they, what I, he's not I'm, welcome. No, no, no. I'm going to make him celebrate. Oh, yeah. the freedom that's we right. now have from him. That's right. Yeah, we took our freedom back. That's it. Why you don't know, you come? Because they can take our lives. But like George Washington said, they can take our lives. George Washington but said they can never take our freedom. That's mm. George Washington. Well, George Washington, or maybe I don't know, William Wallace. It's a W. <laughs> it's in there. And you're gonna go see the John Jones fight. Gonna go see the John Jones. John fight? Jones is gonna win. I think so. Yeah, I John think Jones so. Gonna win. So we're pretty excited. Yeah, I've already seen pictures of your dad and John Jones. Oh, I know. And I, they're like, yeah. He sent me a message. He's like, hey man, uh, uh, Jones is asking, why aren't you here? I said, well, I gotta work. You know, someone's gotta be so somebody's here. Somebody's run the business. And yeah. he's like, well, yeah, they were going, you know, bowling last night. Wondering where you were at. Oh, <laughs> Holly Holmes! Though. I was like, "Come on, let's go oh, bowling!" That'd like, be nope. cool. Holly Holmes is awesome, mm-hmm. humble athlete. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's great. John Jones, not the humblest guy. Uh, Holly, Holmes. <laughs> Holly Holmes, very humble person. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying John Jones is a bag. I'm just saying, like you mm. know, he he brags. He gets it on. You know, Holly Holmes doesn't do that. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Let the fighting do the do the yeah. speaking. Well, see, here's the thing. John Jones will talk it up. And then, then backs he it up. backs it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't bother me. If no, you no, can no, back no. It exactly. Up. Exactly. Oh, man. So I wish I was going. I guess I'll just. Uh, you could have, but you're, you're, I, you're, I didn't get an invite. Well, if I don't get an invite, I can't go. 
Well, I'm taking Mark. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking well, Mark from England. I guess so. Just start a podcast with Mark. Mm, <laughs> oh, no, trust me. That there's no banter. There's no, there's nothing. So, um, but by the time this episode drops, you will already be back. I will be uh, ankle deep in uh, in some lake or something. I don't know. We'll be on vacation when this drops. I don't mm. know what I'll be doing. Now, are you going to post photos? Where, because vacation is the one time Joe wears shorts. I do wear shorts on vacation. No, and no. hold on, and this bucket hat. First of all, it's my vacation hat. It's not a bucket hat. I don't know what that is. I wear my. I got my special vacation. I've had it for years. My vacation time. I, I pop on my sunglasses. I wear my vacation hat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I and at Jen's request, I will don some shorts. Why is that Jen's request? She likes my legs, man. My legs look good. No one, no, first, they do not. Okay, I've seen all, those photos. Okay, first of all, I've been, uh, I got the spray tan on my legs. I've been going to the spray tan. And so they look really good now because I got a nice shaped legs. They look muscular. They look good. But they were too white. And now they look good. Yeah, I got the spray tan. So first of all, I know that's not true <laughs> because you didn't spray the rest of you. No, no. And then secondly, if you did that, you are a fool <laughs> to spray tan just your legs yeah. and not Let's the rest of half you. half off. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm on a budget, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I got I to make this vacation thing work. So, <clears throat> yeah, so um, we're recording some episodes, dropping them, uh, you know, as they as they are needed, scheduled out. But uh, so we're recording this way in advance. And we're, today we're going to talk about church growth, you know, something that we know a lot about since we're like mega church pastors. You know, Well, not just that. I mean, well, Joe has his uh, online program. Uh, the oh, Revitalites. Yeah, right. yeah. We've got Revitalites mm-hmm. for... <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, that won't be available because you don't have time to put that up while we're gone. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. I'm gone. Oh, I don't think so. What do you mean? Well, unfortunately, it's sold out, guys. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I mean, maybe there'll be a spot open for Jim, anybody. In case you don't know, uh, Jim started talking on an episode a long time ago about how <laughs> you can sign up for Joe's church revitalization program. Revitalites. Revitalites. How much was it? <laughs> One ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine, yeah. something like that. It was a really expensive thing, but he, he put it up in the store for you to buy. <laughs> but it sold out. But he already had it smart to sold out. So that's what he's talking about. Very, <laughs> we'll just go ahead and put that up there. You know what's funny when we talk about church growth is like um, people uh, people have strong reactions, right? Mm-hmm. Like some people are all about it, like they're big into it, mm-hmm. and then other people they they push back against it because they're like, Ooh, like they oh like what is wrong with you you, you can, don't focus on on the growth of the church marketing what are you, you marketing things to allow it to be organic next thing you know you're gonna want a, a logo this is not a business you want a website now <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna put the drums on the stage <laughs> i mean if, you, if you're gonna have it all you can really have is uh like a conga and you have to share it. You have to pass it around. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Congregational. Um, yeah, so some people get really pushed back. In fact, um, a lot of the Reformed guys, you know, when you mention church growth, they get uh, they get a little uneasy. Yeah. And they do because of the church growth movement and the emphasis that came with that. So what are you talking about when, you ta- when you're saying church growth movement? What are, what are we talking about here? The, the church growth movement was... A um, <clears throat> was essentially spearheaded by uh, a number of guys. I, I guess in the late seventies and eighties, these were these were uh, gospel believing preachers and pastors who had a heart for the lost. They wanted to reach as many people as possible. Yeah, yeah. Got to respect that. And so they were. They they noticed that there are all these people not coming to church, and increasingly people were distancing themselves from local congregations. So. They tried to figure out how can we get more people to come and hear the gospel. And what came with that 
for some of them, like Bill Hybels, for example, was famous for this. They would kind of do a poll and they would find out in the community what turned you off about church, which is not a bad thing to find out. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then if he could, he would eliminate those things. Like crosses. Like cross. Yeah, like people don't like seeing a cross up there. And so he's like, well, the Bible doesn't command us to have a cross. So um, I'm just going to take it out. You know, why, why have that barrier? Yeah. And some of that's understandable. Some of it's not. And um, the church growth movement was characterized largely by pragmatism. And they uh, wasn't there wasn't an emphasis on theology, certainly yeah, not yeah. confessionalism. And so there were abuses there. Now, very seeker sensitive. Is that is that a, a way yeah, to put it? Or? And, and there's there's different things like there's more rock music, seeker driven, seeker sensitive, seeker comprehensible. Like people talked about it in different mm-hmm. ways and they're sort of different levels. Um, seeker comprehensibility is a good thing. Uh, seeker sensitive, depending on what you mean, can be a good thing. Seeker driven, not a good thing, in my opinion. Um, but understanding that that's what people are reacting to when you when you start talking about church growth mm-hmm. people have an initial reaction because of this idea that they have of a particular manifestation yeah. uh seen in that movement but not all church growth is bad right no i mean you you see i mean i i would say church growth can be biblical right uh you like things like as people are being as as your community or as your church is reaching out to the community mm-hmm. i mean that's church growth, right? As people are coming to know the Lord, as yeah. you're conversions, as you're reaching out. exactly. The Reformed tradition has a lot invested in evangelism, missions, and conversions. Mm. So yeah, yeah. So we want to see church growth happen uh, in that way. And then there's just like, well, there's spiritual growth, right? Um, you know, there's numeric growth, but there's also spiritual growth. So uh, th- those are those are things that are valid. Growing a church, growing in number is good, uh, potentially. Hopefully, mm-hmm. it's through the right means, and it's 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 conversions um, or people look. Plugging into a healthy church, yeah. uh, and of course, spiritual growth, maturity—all of that—very, very important. So, we want to—we're going to talk about church growth, and specifically, we want to talk about why your church isn't growing. And yes, we, here we are talking about numeric growth. Oh, um, we're going to—we're going to focus on that. Oh no! But let me just clarify what we're not saying, because people here are like, oh, here we go, another top 10 list reasons your church isn't growing when why do i why i could just go to tom rayner's blog why do i have to come to D to hear yeah, this yeah. nonsense so here's what we're not saying we're not saying that small churches are bad mm-hmm. uh, we like small churches in fact depending on how you define it uh we prefer and think they they have more opportunities to be healthy than than very large churches yeah and speaking of which we're not we're that we're not saying that large churches are therefore healthy and uh, because they're got, growing you yeah, know we got a lot of examples of large churches that are toxic oh yeah yeah so small, large, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not saying that numeric growth is the goal. That's not the goal. Okay. Yeah. Um, what we are saying is that we should care about spiritual and numeric growth in the local church for the right reasons, right? So like, what kind of right reasons are we talking about? Well, let's just say the glory of God is the big thing, right? Yep. The right reason, the oh, right motivation. It, it, it's a big thing. Good uh, job, Joe. It, it, well pretty done. Pretty sure that's a – is that a big thing? Yeah. I, good job. Okay. Good job. So it's the glory of God. Now, that's not enough of an answer, right? We, mm-hmm. I, I would say to start with, a right reason would be to see the glory of God in conversions, right? Mm. So fruitful evangelism, right? Fruitful evangelism. Like we're, yeah. you're getting out, you're preaching the gospel, you're telling everybody that you can. Um, that's a right reason to mm. uh, to see spiritual and numeric growth, and here we're talking mostly about numeric. Yeah, you, you want to see the glory of God in conversion? Well, then you're going to care about growth. Yeah, uh, going along with with the theme, uh, we're talking about glory of God in sanctification. Yeah. And so we want to see fruitful 
discipleship. Right. Uh, that as as people are getting engaging in the church, as they're becoming part of the congregation, uh, as as they're saved, that they're walking. You're walking alongside them uh, and encouraging them and discipling them uh, to know the Lord uh, and to abandon their uh, sinful ways, the the mm. ways of the flesh, and to cling uh, to their Savior. Yeah, and so sort of with that, we could say that to see the glory of God in our obedience as the church, mm. right? Because, you know, we – obedience towards God's end, right? A, a, a fruitful mission, right? To to reach the nations, right? Uh, so uh, to, 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 because we know that there are uh, people, God's elect, in, in every city, in, in every town. So the glory of God is the right reason as we're looking at conversions and sanctification and our obedience to really reach out and be faithful to do what God has called us to do as a church. Mm. So that's just to kind of clarify where we're coming from. Now, Jimmy, are we experts in church growth? Well, you are. You have this revitalized mm-hmm. program. I am not. I am not at the Joe Thorne level, but you can. If you head on over to doctrinedevotion.com and you go to the Joe Fo store and click on Revitalites, you grab Revitalites. Is it still there? It is still oh, there. Geez. You grab Revitalites. So no, it's there the whole time. All right. You grab Revitalites and you too can live with Joe. He will mentor you, train you, and he will take you okay. uh, and show you the ins and outs of church growth. Revitalites. So we're not, we're not, we're not experts. But, uh, you know, we've read a couple books. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We've also been in ministry a long time. Uh, Jimmy, how long have you been in uh, ministry? Uh, I would what, say. When did you start? What year did you go up? Like, well, you can't. You were in Africa or yeah, yeah. Canada? I mean, since 2001. 2002, yeah. Yeah, I've been since 1997, 1998. I've been a pastor yeah. of a church. Yeah, so, you were more full time. Yeah. yeah. So, I just, so, but like, you know, we, we've seen a lot. We've seen different churches. And at Redeemer, we've seen uh, growth and ups and downs. And so, we've got 10 reasons why your church may not be growing. All right. Possible reasons. These are not necessarily why your church isn't growing, but these are some of the common reasons. Mm-hmm. So, uh, here are some possible reasons. Number one, a lack of unity. And what I mean by this is not cultural uniformity, but more of a confessional mm. identity, a lack of unity theologically or missiologically. This is dealing with who we are in the local church, right? And so this this demands theological clarity. In fact, guys like Tom Rayner, who do the research, will say that, you know, churches, the evangelical churches that are growing and are healthy are typically very clear about their doctrine. Yeah. They don't hide it. They lay it out there. They preach it. Uh, they call people to action. Um, there's, there's, there's a, they put who they are out front for everybody to see. And so there's actually something that, uh, that characterizes the whole. So in the midst of our diversity, in the midst of our socioeconomic, generational, or, or ethnic differences, there is a cohesiveness to the whole mm-hmm. that is fundamentally theological. So if you don't have that, it, it, it's a, it's, it's could be one of the reasons why people aren't sticking at your church because they don't know who you are they they don't know like so what am i I, is it just a group of people that are hanging out or is there something bigger behind them something that is driving them something that they're reaching toward which is then again uh our number two uh lack of vision right where we're uh talking about what are we about and Mm -hmm. how are we going to do this so this is primarily i mean this is where i love to you know uh to get into when we're talking about the organization and and communication right Right. and so part of this is is how do you articulate our purpose Mm -hmm. does everyone understand what it is that we're about why we're gathering together um and what what 
the goal or as you're talking about yeah. the mission of the church uh is to be right so for us it's to make disciples as disciples right and so then we have to articulate that so that everyone understands that that is what we're about and that we clarify our process how do we do this so that's where the vision comes in is for us we talk about table pulpit square right and so then uh we've articulated our purpose and we clarify our process and the vision and so we share that with everyone how is it that we are going to achieve our mission mm-hmm. together as one body. It's it's always interesting because um, I've I've run into pastors that are solid guys. Uh, some of them, you know, fairly well known. And when you start talking about, you know, you got to cast vision without vision, uh, you know, there's there's uh, a possibility for some some problems to to occur or to crop up. And I, I get this look and sometimes a verbal response from like, oh, get out of here. What are you talking about vision for? Now I don't get that a lot, but I do get it from time to time. And when I press in, typically what I find is like they're constantly casting vision. They just don't know that they're doing it. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes they're not, and they may be suffering because of it. I think what you said is is dead on, Jimmy. That's it. To, to organization and communication. These are not things that that a lot of churches are naturally good at. I know Redeemer is not naturally good at it. Mm. That's why we have elders that are gifted in that area to help us because I'm not naturally good at it. Uh, but you know, Jimmy. And Brian are naturally good at that. Um, and if let's say I'm good at at, at communicating, uh, I'm not good at organization. And without the organization, the communication can't happen, mm-hmm. right? If you're super organized but don't have a someone who can articulate, then it's not going to help. So you really need both. And um, I, I, churches that are growing, churches that are healthy, typically that it's not just who they are that is clear but it's what they're about mm-hmm. and therefore you know what they're they're not about they're these are yeah. most churches you can kind of figure out what they're about after you've been there for a while um so it's you know you, you could have a very clear vision that is unhealthy you could have a very clear vision that is divisive or yeah, even ungodly divisive, yeah. or unbiblical um so we're here assuming that you would not just have a vision but a biblical vision yes. one that is healthy and good all right number three uh you may not be growing because of congregational sin and i i don't just mean this (laughs) i don't just mean this in the term of in terms of god's you know god bringing discipline upon a congregation uh we'll get to that later but uh what i mean is is that you know sin will keep people away newcomers visitors if they come in and you're judgmental if you're really harsh Mm. if you're gossips if you're better than thou, if you're playing favorites like in james 2 uh you know people stay away from bad people they Mm. they really they're like oh wow these people are jerks i don't want to be here with them uh and so if there is a sin that is characteristic and i i mean sin i'm not just talking about you know cultural weirdness yeah sin in the congregation will short circuit your growth frequently it doesn't matter how dynamic the preaching is um or how tight your band is if the people are toxic then uh the newcomers and the visitors are not likely to stay yeah. And you talked about uh, cultural weirdness. And I mean, right. we're supposed to be set apart, right? As, as the church, we are set apart. There's some, there's things that we uh, do and that we believe that is weird to the, to society, right? right? And that's going to naturally happen. We're not saying change that. But number four, your church might not be growing because it's weird for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you might have this really weird culture in your church that is just, People just don't like. It's like off-putting. It's off-putting. You right. might have this this awkwardness about you in the way you you handle things or you are, you articulate things, and this 
weirdness is is not derived from scripture. It's not yeah. something that it's like you know it's it's based on scripture or or because like that's what I'm trying to say is that there are some things that we're weird about that yeah. the society sees that we're weird because we're we're being faithful to scripture. There's other things that we're just weird uh, because we've got RBF. We yeah. just have that resting Baptist face. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. So again, it, this isn't necessarily a sin issue. It's just mm-hmm. the way that we sometimes do things. And the be, way we come off and interact and yeah. how we, what we value. Right. So like, listen, um, you know, like there's a lot of these cities, um, like I know, uh, like Houston was one, right? Is it? Was it Houston? I don't know. What are we talking about? Keep Houston weird. But that wasn't Houston. That wasn't some, t- what's in, te- what's the city in Texas that's like trendy? Austin? Austin. Keep Austin weird. That was like a slogan. And then I see it in Portland. And, mm-hmm. and, it, what, and what they're saying is like, listen, there is a particular culture here that is unique to us mm-hmm. and it's a little weird and you got to embrace it. And what you're saying is like, well, there, there is a gospel weirdness. You can be weird for Jesus because you are like Jesus because you are demonstrating and living according to kingdom values. Mm-hmm. If that's what you mean, cool. Like, I mean, if that's what people are doing, that's great. But, but if you're like, Jesus is a friend of mine weird. Yeah. That's, you're you're that's, not weird for Jesus, then you're just weird. You're just weird, yeah, and people like that's just <laughs> off putting. And now I'm not saying don't be yourself and all of that, but just realize that the way that a cult, that a church is, the culture that develops within a church yeah. can be off putting. I think you're right. Weird for the wrong reasons could be a reason why your church is not growing. Oh, here's one. Here's here's a kind of a, an obvious one. Okay. No outreach. Wait, hold, Joe. No outreach. Joe, wait, you're telling me I have to reach out I, I i need to evangelize i need to share well, that, the gospel with my neighbors yeah this is why calvinistic churches don't grow because we don't believe in outreach <laughs> yeah we don't believe in evangelism people are just going to show up if i put an ad in the paper or maybe i'll have my uh church i'll have a you know uh i'll take out an advertisement on a park bench you know what's better the yellow pages oh yes no, that's pages. where the money's at that's a great return today on yellow pages <laughs> do you remember how expensive it used to be to advertise in the yellow pages no i never did it it was outrageously expensive and you do try to get a bigger ad and put it like a red box around it for your church. So it stuck out. Oh my gosh. So expensive. And finally the internet hit and I was, I was telling the, the senior pastor at the time, I'm like, yeah, man, uh, our church plant, we're not, we're not using, cause that's when we finally launched. We we're like mm. it was 2002. We're like, we're not doing the, we're not doing the yellow pages. Well, you got to do the yellow pages. You're not going to reach anybody. I'm like, I'm telling you right now, nobody uses. Oh, you've it. also got to do mailers. We did a mailer. Oh, did you? How that? Hey, and we, how Redeemer ma- did a mailer. Okay, so then you you reached out to how many new people? Forty thousand. Okay, forty thousand. Okay, and then out of that forty thousand, spent a lot of money, professional, well designed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. forty thousand people all over the place around. And then, here. And then what? You saw like uh, 200, 300 people. What percentage would you think would would be respond to that? You know what? Let's just say you know what? What's 10, one? What's one percent? Ten percent is way too much. What is one percent? One percent of forty thousand. Yeah. I don't know. What is that? Four hundred. Yeah, we had one family visit. One family, forty thousand mailer. One family visited Redeemer from it. Nobody else. What's yeah, one percent, forty or four hundred. Yes. Okay. So what is what is one? What percentage is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's pretty. It's pretty bad. What? Point zero 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 two five. Woo. Woo. So, but you know who that family was? Do you know? Uh oh, I'm gonna take a guess. Uh, I don't know the stars. Oh, 
Yeah. Okay, we got the best one out of I the know, 40. I know, I know. That was worth it. It was mm-hmm. worth thousands of dollars that we spent. <laughs> so the stars found us. And they're still with us today. All right, so outreach. Obviously, if you're not doing the work of an evangelist pastors, which you are called to do, so if you're not doing it, you're failing. Mm-hmm. Um if you're not outreach, if you if if the if the leadership isn't modeling it, if we're not calling the church to it, if we're not creating opportunities and and teaching our people how they can actively share their faith, if we're not inviting people to the church, and if we're not going out to serve the people in the community, pretty good chance you're not going to be growing. Yeah. So whatever. I mean, listen. This this means everything from you know having a website that's. That doesn't stink. Hey, churches. Oh. Hey, 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 churches. Your websites are terrible. God, that, that's a gosh, goodness. I just think have to be like, like organizational, right? Like I should be able to click on something and it should be intuitive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I look at these church websites and they're just, oh, it's like pretty a bad. Splash page. You want to see a good website? Go to uh, redeemerfellowship.org. Yep. That's, that's a, a, that's a Brian Malcolm. That's another Brian right Malcolm. So, um, yeah, whether, whether it's evangelism training and getting people out there to share the gospel or whether it's just how you put the information of the church out there, all of that matters. Outreach is important. If you're not doing it, good, good reason your church might not be growing. And, uh, number six, there are unnecessary barriers to health that are left standing. So for, a lot of our churches, and this is where evaluation has to come in, and this mm. is where you have to be brutally honest. This is probably where I thrive. I'm unnecessary barriers. So these are not like um sometimes there are barriers. Sometimes there are necessary barriers. Just yeah. like, hey, you want to join our church? There's a membership requirement or correct how we preach. That but kind you're of talking stuff, about something different. I'm talking about the the unnecessary barriers, is the barriers that we put up uh and that are, are within the culture of our church are put up, and we might not realize that they're there. We might not realize uh that these these things are getting in the way. Yeah. Uh, and you have to be honest. You gotta look and evaluate how you are doing things yeah. and what what what's going on within your church, and then you gotta cut it out. Like I said, this is where I thrive. I'm good at slashing, right? That's that's where I'm 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 that that's my spiritual gift is uh slashing slashing. Portion. Slashing. And and thrashing. And thrashing. So uh an example would be over programming. What is that? Where you think you have to have a ministry for everything. Mm. I have to have a I have to have a children's ministry. I gotta have a youth ministry. I gotta have a young adult ministry. Why do I have think- to have a single ministry? I have to have a young married couples ministry. I have to have a senior ministry. Why do people think they need to have? Because I, I I sense this. Why do people think college that they need, ministry? Why do they Why do they think they need to have all of those ministries? Because if you build it, they will come. Mm. And so, and they, and they, of course, they see all of those ministries in the very well-known spotlighted churches because they're yeah. large and they have okay. Those but resources. you know what? Though they, it's not like they did. They, I think for those churches, they have the resources for it. They have the financial resources. They've also got uh, individuals. They've got the staff. They've mm. got the the volunteers. And there's the need for. And all there's of those the ministries. need. Yeah. That's the difference, right? Is um, when you're over programming, you're. It's usually, typically, they, they talk about, you know, 80% of the work gets done by 20% of the people, right? The 80-20 rule. Uh, and so these people are being stretched thin. Mm-hmm. They're not doing all these things well. You're, if you're a small church looking to grow, you're going to struggle to handle all these programs and do them in such a way that is, one, actually beneficial to individuals, mm-hmm. and two, glorifying to God, because you're kind of uh, going about it half-heartedly, Right. So you're saying to be overprogrammed, uh, I'm just restating it from my own brain here. Yeah, yeah. So we are overprogramming when we are offering ministries that we do not have the capacity to maintain, or we are offering ministries for needs that we do not have. Correct. Okay. And so it's, you're, you're doing too much 
essentially you're, you're doing too much. And if you're doing too much, you can't, you're not going to do anything well. Exactly. I know this is one of the things that we talk about in church planting is, is when you're starting your church, focus on the most essential things. Don't try to do everything. Mm-hmm. Don't get cute. And do those things well and then add as you have the capacity and need. On the flip side of that, though, there's churches that are not growing because they're under-programmed. Mm. And that's because the the leadership or the pastor has this idea that, oh, hold on. All I need, we just all we need is a Bible study that I run, the Sunday morning gathering, and maybe a prayer meeting. Yeah. That's all we need. Don't need children's. Don't need youth. Don't need a closed closet mm. or a mercy ministry. I, but when you're... There are needs that your body has, yeah. right? And so you have to identify those needs and you need to be okay, even though you don't want to run it and you don't want to do it and it's mm-hmm. not your preference, quit being selfish. The church is not about you and like and just your mentality. There is needs within your body and you need to uh, shepherd everyone well. And so, yeah, make sure you have the appropriate programs uh, so that you could be meeting the needs of individuals within the church. That's good. So, don't be underprogrammed. Sometimes you're understaffed. You know, the church mm-hmm. can't grow because it, it's understaffed. And maybe there's a variety of reasons. That's Listen, another if, unnecessary barrier. That's another unnecessary barrier is not having enough staff. Um, and I think sometimes for churches, it's, it's difficult, especially, uh, as they're smaller and they're moving, you know, they're moving to that quote unquote next level, right? Uh, they're so used to, well, why do we need more staff? Because as volunteers, we handled everything. Why can't we just keep doing these things? Well, as a church grows, it becomes more complex and you right. need someone that's going to have oversight uh, and to manage all those pieces well. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, listen, you might not have the finances. I get that. I'm not saying, you know, force it and now make people give more to cover that that extra expense. But if you have the finances and you have the need, then you need to get the staff. So would you say that you can be understaffed both in terms of paid staff and volunteers? Is it Correct. Could, could I would go say, both yeah. Ways. Yeah, I think it goes both ways where, you know, right here I'm focusing on staff, but at the same time, uh, if you're not recruiting volunteers mm. uh, and then they're not managing these ministries, then if, if it's all left to the senior pastor or the senior leadership, right. it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. With everything else they've got going on. Uh, next, complacent leadership, whether it's paid or laid, they just uh, uh, they just go through the routine. They're just checking off the boxes. They're not uh, really invested in it. You're you know? still on unnecessary barriers. Oh, I, just man, wanna, I, just I know. I got so know. many of these. That's good. I just want people to know. <laughs> okay. Unnecessary barriers still. Yep. So complacent yeah. leadership. Complacent leadership. They're just going through the motions. Uh, another one, small church mentality. right? And you might not realize that it's there. Small you, church is not the problem. No, no, no. It's the mentality where uh, that this those is, dumb small churches have. No, yeah, that's what you're saying. Here's, here's the thing. I actually, I, I get it. I understand it. As a small church, especially as a church plant, that a group of people that planted together that have seen it grow, it's hard to let go. You know, because you've kind of you've built this together, right? Like you guys have you've prayed together, you've you've struggled together, you've you fought for this plant to to uh, to take off. And now all of a sudden it's changing all these yeah. new people and, and, and it's hard for new people to come in because you guys, you have all this relationship. Yep. You've got this camaraderie and you might not realize it that it's not off putting, but it's intimidating for an individual to, yeah. to say, I, well, how could I get invested in this when they've already doing it all on their own? We've gone through this quite a bit at Redeemer because yep. our growth has been slow over the past 12 years and you know, for frame of reference, we started with 60, we've got 350 now, and 
and, and at key points along the way, the slow progressive growth hits this point where we have to make some changes yeah. in how we operate. And we're always very careful about that, but it's always painful. And there's a little bit of like, man, I, I liked it. I missed the way yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I've had some people say that. Like, I, I liked it. I really liked it when there was just 60 of us. I've, I, I've had one family say that in yeah, particular. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had it where in my community group where people that were with me when we started the CG yeah. are like, oh, there's all these new people now. It's different. It feels different. It's not the same. I'm like, yeah, that's Would good. Would you get some smart people finally? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another unnecessary barrier is when you have no room for Christian liberty, right? Yeah. Where you think everyone has to, it's, it's almost like the, uh, uh, everyone's got to be like the Stepford wise, right? Everyone's, you know, dressed the same, acted the same, robotic. What? You like that one? Was that what? good? You gave me a look like I was wrong. Whatever. Uh, what is the Stepford wives? You know what I, I just want you to go and explain I, it to I'm everybody. not going to explain it because, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Why are you trying to put me under the bus? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just backing it up on you. I'm not. I'm, I'm putting you under. I'm backing it up over you. That's what <laughs> but you don't. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Though. You're not dealing specifically with sin issues of legalism. You're just saying like where you sort of have this general expectation that if you're going to be here, you're, you have to you're be. Gonna, you need to fit in. You need to fit in. Be yeah. like us. Uh, act like us. And I've been that. One to, of us. One of us. I've been to it. I've been to churches where like you know. You get a vibe, and, it, and maybe it's just me. Maybe it's my judgment. It could be my my perspective. Um, I'm sure sometimes it isn't just my perspective. Uh, where you walk in and you're like, "Yeah, I'm not going to fit in here," and it's you know, I and one of the things that we've heard from a number of people when they walk in, they're like, "Wow, I love the diversity here." Like, I feel yeah. like, "Wow, there's like anybody can be here. It's it's great." And um, it, we we get that response from a lot of our newcomers. Yeah. So that's no, yeah, that's a, I think that's true though. Like, if there is no room, it's gonna people are gonna walk right back out. In fact. There was a guy, were you, there, were you there for this? There was a guy at the cigar shop that we met, and he's like, I'm going to come check out your church. We're like, cool. So he comes to church on a Sunday, but he goes to the wrong church. He doesn't come to our church. Mm. He walks in, looks around, turns around, and walks out going, I, that can't be the church, and I don't feel comfortable here. He just <laughs> he bolted. So, um, yeah, man, I, I think that's good. And finally, the last unnecessary barrier is the my preference should be everyone's. Yeah. So because the way we're doing things, whether it's worship, whether it's stylistic, whether it's program, that that should be the same across the board. So get, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, get on the same page or get out. So I think those are really good. And there's probably more. I mean, you only covered 73, but um, I think, <laughs> so number seven, right? If we're talking about um, reasons your church might not be growing, and this is going to harken back to, I think, number 32 that Jimmy had, which is a lack, <laughs> I hate you. A lack of leadership development and deployment. And what I mean by that is something that you talked about is you know being understaffed. Uh, here, though, the emphasis is specifically on raising up leaders to do your job. Because here's what we found, as we, especially for staff pastors or, or elders, as the church is growing, your responsibilities increase, and you're going to have to give up some of the things that you do so somebody else can do them so that you could be more dialed in on the most important and essential things. Correct. So like one example is um, I started what was called Theology Pub, yeah. which is a public dialogue at a local bar pub. Where, um, where John MacArthur famously, uh, took us to task for that, uh, linked to <laughs> us in one of his blog posts. Anyway, um, 
and I, w- I love doing that and I'm, I'm good at that. I'm, I, I know that I can handle a conversation in the public and handle disagreements and all of that. But as we grew, I just realized I could not do that anymore. I had to, I had to pass it on. So pass it up to somebody else. So you've got to be raising up leaders yes. who can step in to fill those gaps to take over what needs to be taken over. If you're not raising up leaders, it's the church can't handle the growth. Really hearkening back to something that you touched on. Um, what about number eight? Number eight, uh, a lack of prayer for the lost. And so you might not be growing as a church because you're not praying for conversions. You're mm-hmm. not praying for your neighborhood. You don't, and if you're not praying for them, it, to me, then you have a lack of love for them in the same way, right? Uh, so you need to, your heart needs to be for them. You need to care for your neighborhood, for your community. And that means praying for them and wanting to see them, uh, come to know the Lord, to be, uh, to embrace their savior, uh, and to glorify God. It sounds like I know it's an obvious one, right? But you do not have because you do not ask, right? Mm. I mean, like the prayer really does tell us where our hearts are. It it shows what we're lining up with God about. And um, if you're not praying to reach the lost, uh, it's hard to it's hard for me to believe you're actively working to reach the lost. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's I think that's good. Uh, number nine, a lack. Of emphasis on the gospel, and the reason we say this, these these two in particular, is because uh, prayer is easily uh, forgotten, sidelined, or it just becomes perfunctory. And the gospel can be so assumed by a church that it is rarely heralded, and the preaching becomes essentially a list of do's and don'ts, yeah, or a list of doctrines. And uh, if if you're if you're preaching the whole counsel of God, you'll preach law. And gospel, you will hit theology, but theology experienced as it's uh, sort of seen as, as you're demonstrating its connection to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's that this has an impact on whether or not your church might be growing or not growing is because if you're not offering cleansing from sin, freedom from guilt, eternal life, all by grace alone, then what is the appeal other than something worldly? Until something better comes along, then they might. You know, shift and, and yeah. move on. So there is, there is a spiritual gravity to preaching when the gospel is is centered and people are drawn to it. Now they're going to either accept it or reject it. But if you're not hitting the gospel truly, deeply, and if you're not doing it in a way that isn't just one note all the time saying the exact same thing about mm-hmm. the gospel, if you're not doing that, it it, it could be a reason why you're not growing. Again, just for clarity, just because your church is growing numerically doesn't mean that it's healthy, and it doesn't mean that, oh, they're obviously preaching the gospel because their church is big. There's lots of churches that are big that don't preach the gospel at all, but this could be a reason why your church isn't growing. Jimmy, we got number 10. Oh, and this is a popular one. And 10 is is a reason that you have to learn to embrace. So, listen, you might be doing everything right. Mm -hmm. You might be an all-star pastor in the sense that you are, you're on fire with your preaching, with your shepherding. Uh, your people are loving and embracing. You're, uh, doing evangelism. You're reaching out to community. You love your community. You're getting involved in the community. But sometimes God just says no. Yep. Your church might not be growing because God, in his wisdom, does not want you to grow numerically right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because you can't handle that right now. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's something that you, you're never going to fully understand, but we have account after account of famous, fruitful missionaries and pastors and evangelists who labor for a period of time yep. before seeing any growth. Sometimes God just says no. Now, I think the trick here is to, 
to, on the one hand, say, okay, um, if God is saying no, then what should I do? Should I not try? Should I just chill? No, you should. You should still be trying. You should. Yes. Uh, you should be passionate. You should be actively yeah, that's reaching the calling. out. That's the work. God's calling you to do the work. He's in charge of the fruitful yield. Mm-hmm. So you do your job. Let God do His. Let Him worry about that stuff. Now I know that that's frustrating. I get that. I've been there. But if you can't say I'm going to be faithful in what He gives me now by doing what He calls me to do, why would you think that He's going to give you more? to be unfaithful with later. You know what I mean? It's, it, it doesn't work that way. But there, there's also something else to do, and that is to evaluate yourself. Before you go, well, obviously, God's just saying no. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's not, a really easy cop-out. Yeah, not not obviously, because more than likely, it's be, there are other factors involved. Yeah. And so one of the things that I think would be good for you to do as an inventory is to read a book. I think it's by... See John Miller, Ooh. but uh, it's called Outgrowing the Ingrown Church. Mm. The book is a little dated. Some of the references are, you know, a little old, but that book was instrumental when we planted Redeemer. It was a really big help because we were coming out of one church plant called Grace Baptist Church where we had become very ingrown and um, like an infected toenail. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. No, we had become ingrown and uh, that book really helped us to see what our problems were, what some of our problems were. And uh, it was really instrumental. And I've seen uh, a lot of pastors use that book to to great effect at diagnosing what some of their problems are so they can begin to turn away. Your church should be growing, right? Healthy things grow. Now, that doesn't mean that every church is going to be big, but it does mean that people will be converted in God's timing as you're faithful. Uh, You will be growing in maturity spiritually, in godliness, in faith. Yes, you'll be discipling your kids. All these things should be happening. But sometimes you're not growing numerically, and sometimes there are reasons for that and reasons that we can actually address. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You could follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineVotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh Pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Later.